Good morning. You may be seated, as you already have done. That's great. As you can tell, I am not my father. I'm not John. I may look a lot like him, and I may act a lot like him, as you'll、um, be able to see this morning.、Um, but about a month ago, he told me that、um, he was going to be gone this Sunday, and he's、um, down in LA currently finishing up his doctoral work. And he asked me to、um, fill the pulpit. And、um, as many of you can imagine,、uh, I feel a lot like Moses when he told God, "I'm inadequate. I can't speak." To why should Pharaoh listen to me? Why should you listen to me? But I'm very confident that you're not listening to me, but that you'll be listening to the Holy Spirit working through me. And so I am、um, trusting that、um, He will guide my words、um, in that.、Um, if you would please join me in the Book of Ephesians. I appreciate the worship team,、um, Ron and Emily,、um, for、um, leading us in worship, and Michael for opening us in. Um, our worship this morning.、Um, I just think back to one of the songs, and、um, Ron he he didn't know what I was preaching on. It obviously it was、um, God's sovereign、um, design, but he spoke on、um, or he led us in worship a song called "The Love of God." And in the middle of that song, the chorus it, it says this: "O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong! It shall forevermore endure." And I thought that's so. It's such a sovereign act of God to have Him sing that song for us this morning and lead us in that worship, because that's what we're going to be looking at a lot of today. So, as、um, I said, we'll be in Ephesians chapter four,、um, beginning out this morning.、Um, my wife and I have been gone for the last couple weeks, and、um, now we're back. And this is my first Sunday back in the new year.、Um, I hope everyone is having a good new year as、um, as Christ is leading. Um, that's what I want to talk about this new year. I don't know about everyone else. I'm not one for resolutions. I don't usually make a resolution to myself because simply I know how undisciplined I am. I know that I won't be able to keep it. But this morning I want to bring you something from the Scripture, a resolution that we should always have, whether it be the beginning of the year or whether it be the middle of the year, or we're going through good times or we're going through bad times. Whenever. Um, whatever time it is, wherever we're at in life, this is a resolution that I want to speak to you about today.、Um, that I believe that God calls us to, that we should always be living in. So,、um, if you would please join me, I'll be、um, reading.、Um, I'll be skimming through Ephesians chapter four, verses seventeen through the end of the chapter, and then our text this morning will be the beginning of chapter five. So, please follow along with me as I um, read. Um, If verse、uh, chapter four, Ephesians chapter four,、um, verse seventeen. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, and we're going to hone in on this one word in this next phrase that you must no longer walk. So、um, maybe if you want to underline that word, walk. This is what we're going to be looking at a lot today. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. Alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Let's skip down to verse twenty-two. But put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed by the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. And continuing on in verse thirty-one, 
Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as Christ in, in, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. And here's that word again. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity are covetous, must not even be named among you, as is proper for the saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do do in secret. But when anything's when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord, will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So in this new year, this is what I want us to focus on. We are putting off the old. We're putting off 2020. We're putting on the new, putting on 2021, putting on Christ, imitating Christ. Bow with me as we open our, um, our scriptures. Lord, we're so thankful that we're able to come and be in your house this morning, that we're able to worship and to um, gather as a body of believers in unity as one another, to work as, your, as one in your body. Lord, we pray that um, you would use me and you would just bring your Holy Spirit down and that you would um, feed us spiritually, Lord, that you would guide us in your word, that you would allow us to be imitators of you this new year, that we would just desire to learn more about you and, um, and, and about each other, Lord, about the body of believers. I pray all these things in your name. Amen. As young children, many times, if you're a parent, you, you know exactly how this feels. But as young children, I was just recently a, a child, and so I, re, I still remember very um, vividly um, how I was as a child. And as a child, you grow up with parents and guardians, and you are always around those parents and guardians. When you're around those, whether you like it or not, you begin to act like them. Just as I mentioned this morning at the beginning, that 
many of you will probably see some, ver- some similarities between me and my father. Maybe it's the way I talk. Maybe it's the way I, um, I do my actions. But either way, whether I like it or not, and my wife may not like some of those, but that's the way I am because that's the way I have grown up and that's the way I have seen my dad act. Many of you, if you are a parent, and I'm not yet, not yet, um, hopefully in the near future, but, um, but it, we, those parents, okay, the parents in here know how, what a blessing it is. They know what, how praising it is and how loving it is if you see a child, if you see your child acting in the way that you do, if you see your child trying to bring praise to you, trying to um, bring, they want approval. And that's how God designed us. That is how God designed us. He designed us as children to, to seek the approval of our father and our mother, our parents. In the same way, we as children of light, we as children of God are to seek the approval of our heavenly father who is in God. And that's what we're going to look at today. When I say that we want to have a resolution for the new year, that resolution is to be imitators of God. And so if you're, if you're taking notes this morning, I, w- I, I hope to um, be able to answer one main question today. And I want to, uh, we'll work through the text and we'll look at um, ways that um, are good and ways that are bad and um, multiple other things. But the one question that I want to answer this morning is what is the greatest calling of a believer? Or if you want to write it in other words, what is the greatest resolution a believer should have in the new year? We have gone through a lot of turmoil the last year, a lot of physical impaling things, right? We have politics that are very divided. We have um, ethnicities that are very divided. We have um, viruses that are taking over um, people's lives. We have um, countries who hate each other. There's a lot of there's, there's a lot of hate and a lot of things that are darkness. And so in this new year, as a believer, these, this is the one resolution. Now, you may make other resolutions, but this, as a believer, should be our one resolution that um, we should always make. So if you're starting with me, Ephesians chapter 5. Before we get into the text, I think it um, is important to understand a little bit about um, what Paul is going through, why Paul is writing the letter, um, just briefly, a couple of main themes that walk through the book of Ephesians, so that when we're walking through our text this morning, um, we will understand why Paul is saying what he's saying. So obviously, um, if you read the the book title, Ephesians. So the book is written to the church who is um, in Ephesus, and it's written by Paul. During this time, Paul mentions in um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, as well as in chapter 3, that he's in prison. Okay, so we have to understand that some of these things that Paul is saying and some of these things, Paul is feeling the exact same thing. He is going through the, um, the suffering. He is going through the trials, the same trials that he's talk, going to talk about, the same things that he's calling these believers in Ephesus that they need, to, um, they need to experience. They need to love God, and that's what Paul is doing. So the first theme that, we, um, that encompasses the entire book is the body of believers, okay? The body of Christ. We are 
at this church, we are part of the body of Christ. As believers, God uses the example of his body. We are part of his body, all different parts of the body, all different functions working together for the same purpose. We as believers, we all have different responsibilities. We all have different talents that the Lord has given us. But we are all working together for one purpose. And that purpose is for the glory of Christ and to accomplish God's will for us. And that's the main um, focus of the entire book of Ephesians. Um, if you study into um, the book of Ephesians, we'll, you'll notice Ephesians chapters 1, and th- 1 through 3 are mainly theological. What did Christ do for us? How do, what, what did Christ do for us? What are we supposed to believe about Christ and what he did? Chapters 4 through 6, where we're going to be at this morning, are because of these things that Christ has done, now what do we do in response? What do we do? These are practical things that we can do in order to obey Christ and to, um, and to have our resolution. So, um, if you're following along, if you're taking notes, I'll be going through three main points this morning. All right, three main points. In, ver- in chapter 4, verse number 1, as I read earlier, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, and here's that word again, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Paul is showing us this morning that after, what Christ, after we see what Christ has done for us, now he's calling us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. What is that calling? Our calling is to put off the old self, to put on the new self. But how do we do that? How do we accomplish putting off the new, putting off the old, putting on the new? How is that possible? And that's what we're going to look at today. So three points um, through in our text this morning. We're going um, to learn, and I'm answering the question, how can we be imitators of God? So just a couple verses just around the Bible. You don't have to turn there. I have them written down, and I just want to read a couple verses to show you the types of things that God calls us to in the Bible. These are the things that God calls us to as believers, and as believers in this new year, we are to follow. Ephesians 4.1, I just read it. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Colossians, I, I think um, Michael was gracious enough this morning to read um, Colossians chapter 3 for me. He asked me a couple days ago if, I, if I'd like him to read anything. And Colossians, if you... Um, what I found is Ephesians and Colossians are very similar. They are in, in many ways um, identical. They are not identical in wording. They're two different, two different churches to do two different groups of people. But in many ways, Colossians is a condensed version of Ephesians. And so I appreciate Michael for reading um, that this morning as we'll, look, we'll um, look a little bit at that as well. So Colossians 1 verse 10 so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. First Peter 1, 16. Be holy as I am holy. First Peter 2, 21. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example 
so that you might follow in his steps. John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. You can see in these verses that he'll start out. He starts out saying, you do this. You are called to do this. Be holy, be perfect, love one another. But he doesn't stop there. He then gives us the perfect example, someone we can look up to, someone we can read about, someone we can have a personal relationship with, and we can be a friend to, and we can love. And that someone is Jesus. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be holy as I am holy. Love because I have loved. Love as I have loved you. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's just the verse before, Ephesians 4.32. And then lastly, before I, we go into the points, John 15.12 and 13, one of the most well-known passages. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. In verse 13, greater love has no, has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I don't know anyone who has laid down his life for his friends. I'm sure that they're out there and our um, men and women in the, uh, in the military, I can imagine that they, um, ha- they put in. I'm very grateful for that. But there's only one person who never sinned on this earth who decided and made the choice that he was going to love us so much that he was going to give his life for us. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God. This is what we're looking at this morning. How do we become imitators? As beloved children, as I mentioned before, children, we are God's children. If we claim to be in Christ, we have put off the old, we have put on the new, and we are now children of God. And so we seek to imitate God. How do we do that? We do that by walking in love. That's your first point, if you're taking notes this morning. Walk in love. Now, I think it's important to define this word. Love in the Bible is not usually what we might think of love here in, in the world that we live in today. People around the world, you'll ask, you could go ask them, what, what is love? And they'll tell you many different things. But there are lots of different things that they won't tell you that are very important and that it's important to understand in the Bible. There's, in the Bible, there's um, three or four different types of love um, that's talked about. Today, I want to just briefly look at two types of love, and um, I want to show you the different types of love that's talked about and what kind of love we're looking at today. What kind of love is God calling us to walk in? What kind of love are we to love with as believers? The first one is a phileo love. This is the Greek word phileo, and it means to be a friend to, to be fond of, a matter of sentiment or feeling. This word from Greek to English is always translated, well, sorry, not always, but many times it's translated love because many times we don't have words in the English to be able to describe what it meant in the Greek. Webster's Dictionary, now just remember, this is a um, physical, secular source, so um, but I do think it, that it's important to read it because I want you guys to know what does the world see this love as? What does the world view this love? So I just looked up the lo- word love, not, um, not the Greek word, just love, and this is, what, um, the, this is what Webster said. 
Love is a strong affection for another. And pay close attention to these words. Attraction based on sexual desire. Affection based on admiration, benevolence, or common interest. You notice the two words that are used in that short section, based. It's used twice. Affection based on admiration. And then it says affection based, oh sorry, attraction based on sexual desire. That means that it's conditional. If it's based on something, that means if you don't have it, then you're not going to love. So is that the type of love that God is calling us to? If someone does something wrong to us, if someone harms us, if someone is of another ethnicity or political group, or if they have a virus or if they live in a different country, are we not to love them because of our personal interests, because based on what we feel, or are we to love in a different way? And so that's what I'm looking at this morning. Okay, um, trans- some translations of phileo in the Bible. Okay, friend, love. Okay, obviously, um, it's translated friend, love. It's translated kiss, and we're going to look at that in um, just a minute. It's translated brotherly love or hospitable. Okay, so this is a fond love. I'm acquaintance. I know you. Um, we might hang out. Okay, this is very base level. Okay, you. It's a mutual. It's a mutual friendship. We both feel the same way, and. Um, and we go on with living. Now, a couple attributes or a couple characteristics of this type of love. This type of love is always self-pleasing. Okay? This love is very selfish. If you do this for me, then I will be benefited. Okay? This love leads to benefits. All right? It leads to you being benefited in any way. Okay? If, you're, if you have a friend who likes the same things as you, then now you have a companion to do those things um, for fun, or you have a mutual friendship, okay, a mutual friendship. This love is emotional, okay, this love can go from here one day, and then you get an argument, you get, um, there's something that happens, another friend that gets involved, and your love plummets to here. This is an emotional love. It's an outward love. It's something that you feel, okay, it's a feeling that you have. This is a phileo love. I am a friend to you as long as you're a friend back. But if you do something to harm me, if you do something to harm our friendship, we're no longer friends. This is a conditional love. I compare it to the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. If you follow my commandments, then I will bless you. And notice the conditional phrase, if and then. If you do this, then I will do this. If you don't obey my commandments, then I you will be cursed, okay? And we look through, um, we can look throughout the Old Testament and we can see the constant cycle that happens. Israel comes and he, they love God. They're repentant. They're serving God. And then they move further and further and further away from God. God punishes them. He curses them. He punishes them. And they repent and come back. It's a constant cycle. You can read the book of Judges and this, this cycle happens over and over and over again. This is a phileo love. This is a love that if you, this is a conditional love. The Old Testament is conditional until, until Christ comes and we'll see the new covenant. A couple examples. Um, you can see in Luke twenty two forty eight, and here's where um, Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the man, the son of man with a kiss? And this word kiss is translated into phileo. 
He's saying, Judas, why are you going to betray me? This type of love can be betrayed. Judas doesn't get what he wants. He gets something that he wants over here. And so he betrays Christ with his friendship love. And so he shows that he has that friendship, that kiss, um, that kiss that he kisses Jesus on the cheek with to describe him or to tell the, um, the Roman guards. John 21, 15 through 18. Many of you have probably heard um, a sermon on this at one time or another. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you agape me? Do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I phileho you. You know that I love you. He said to them, feed my lambs. And he goes on, and you guys know the story. He goes on to do this three times. But in the last time, the last time, Jesus says, Simon, do you phileho me? Are you my friend? Do you love me as a friend? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileho you. Peter is, has this friendly love. As a human, as a um, person with a sinful nature, it is very hard to have this next type of love. It is very hard to have a godly love. And that's what I want to show you this morning. Agape love. This is the love that God is talking about in this text. What type of love are we as believers supposed to have? We're supposed to have an agape love. Agape love almost always refers to the kind of love that Jesus Christ has for us and that we are called to have towards Christ and to have towards others. Webster's, Di- Webster's Dictionary says this, all right? And I, and I continued on because, so about halfway down the page, I wanted to um, continue reading to see what, what does the world see? What does the world, so the other phileo love, those were the first ones. But down the way, we see Webster's Dictionary says this, unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. It's the fatherly concern of God for mankind or a brotherly concern for others. It's a person's adoration of God. This is what Webster's Dictionary said. Webster's Dictionary says that love, a true love, now this is, this is the love that's halfway down the page, unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. That's why, the world, that's why we don't have this type of love in the, in the world today. We don't have this type of love because love is selfish. Love is what can I get out of it? Love is if I can't get out of it, if you do something to me, then I don't love you. Love will go from here, from here to here depending on the day. But true love, the love that God calls us to, it stays right here no matter what. A couple of characteristics of this type of love. It's selfless. No, no one is more selfless than our God and Christ, the Son of God, who came down and died for us. And that's what we read in the book of John. This type of love is forgiving. No matter what someone else does to you, no matter what, what mood you're in, no matter how you feel towards a person, this type of love is forgiving. It's merciful. It's humble. Humility. God, Christ came to earth as a humble servant. He came to serve us even though he is the God of the universe. He is the Lord of lords, the master of all masters. It's always looking for the benefit of others. You're never looking for the benefit of, of yourself. 
If you love as Christ called you to, you're not doing it because of your benefit. You're doing it to please God and to show others. And as we'll see in just a few minutes, we are going to be the light of the world. If we are the light, we will love as Christ has called us to. It's faithful. And then finally, I compare it to the new covenant. The Bible says in Jeremiah that the the law will no longer be physical, but it will now be written in your hearts. The law and your heart, now it's not conditional. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on if you sacrifice. It's not based on if you um, keep the Sabbath day. It's not based on these things. Now it's based on Christ's sacrifice for you. It's no longer based on you. It's no longer based on what you can do. Isn't that such a good blessing this morning that it's no longer us who have to earn salvation. It, we don't have to because Christ did it for us and, and God gives it to us. It's not conditional. It's eternal. Okay. The old covenant, it was temporal, right? The old covenant was done away with and the new covenant was given to us um, as Greeks, as Gentiles and the Jews. It's eternal. It's spiritual. It's inward. Agape love is an inward choice. It's an inward thing that only the Holy Spirit can provide. Only the Holy Spirit can provide it. A couple of examples used in the Bible. John 15, 9 and 10. As the Father has loved me, so have I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is the greatest example of this love. He is the greatest example. If we keep his commandments, if we desire to imitate Christ, we will live in this love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and many of you, um, probably all of you have heard this before. This is agape love. This is the description. I could have just said this as the definition. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And love never ends. This agape love, it never ends. Jesus made the choice that he loves us, that he is going to love us no matter what we do. In... uh, I, I, the scripture um, slips my mind, but I think I have it somewhere and I'll probably read it again. But while we were yet sinners, while we were still in sin, while we were haters of God, while we did exactly what God doesn't want us to do, Christ died for us because he loves us so much. He made the choice that he is going to love us no matter what we do. And we now have the opportunity to love him. You think about Galatians chapter, or yeah, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, the fruits of the Spirit. You think of the first fruit of the Spirit, love. And then you think of all the, the, the following fruits of the Spirit. All of them are very important, but only one is the greatest commandment. And that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we do that, that is when we imitate Christ. 
We can keep reading in our text. Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 7. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Just think about that phrase for just a second. No one deceive you with empty words. There's a lot of deception going on in our world today. But we don't need to be deceived because we have Christ. We have Christ's wisdom. We have, if the Holy Spirit is living within us, the Holy Spirit is guiding us. He is, listen, I explain it a lot like this. And um, I'm a teacher, so I, I explain. So I don't know if um, we'll, uh, this will be the same um, for us, but I, I, I enjoy this uh, metaphor. But it's like a relationship. God calls us to be in a relationship with him. If we want to be in a relationship, whether it's um, someone of the opposite gender or maybe it's a, a, a really close friendship, we desire to be with that person a lot. We desire to get to know that person we desire, we desire many of the same things. We enjoy hanging out with each other. We ask questions about each other. We hang out with each other. It's the same way with God. When we have a relationship with God, if you decide that you're not going to hang out with God, if you decide that you're not going to be with God, if you're not going to talk with God, how do you expect to have a relationship with him? We have to spend time in his word. We have to spend time imitating him. We have to spend time praying to him. We have to desire the same things. And the only way we can do that is through the Holy Spirit. Keep reading. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of obedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. Walk as children of the light. Our greatest example of love, the greatest example is Christ's love, Christ's death on the cross. Verse number two, we we go back. God gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This this phrase, fragrant offering and sacrifice, it it goes back to and points back to um, the Levitical laws and the sacrificial laws of the the Jews and of the... um, of Israel. They, they sacrificed. They had many types of sacrifices. Um, but these sacrifices, uh, it gives the idea of a fragrant offering. Okay. It's something that's pleasing to the Lord. It's glorifying the Lord. It's pleasing to his sight. When we imitate Christ, when we walk in his love, we are pleasing him. We are glorifying him. So these offerings include a grain offering, a, um, a grain offering, a, a burnt offering. Okay, these are offerings that the Israelites would bring to bring praise to Christ. Okay, but these don't necessarily include things like a sin offering or a guilt offering where you are um, essentially um, atoning for your sin, right? Sacrificing for your sin. These are meant to praise Christ. When we imitate Christ, we are praising him. When we love as Christ loved us, we are praising him. We are bringing glory to his name. Even if, even if we don't receive love in return. Did Christ receive love in return? Not usually, right? Very few 
will love Christ back. But Christ did it no matter what we no, no matter what we choose, no matter what we do, Christ chose to love us, which is why he died for us and his death is sufficient for all. Uh, John 15, 12 through 13, this is my commandment that you love one another. Um, greater love has no one than this, than um, that, that of someone who laid down his life for his friends. Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then the, um, probably the most um, well-known verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Christ is the only way. If we love Christ, if we love him in an agape way, if we love others as Christ has loved us, we have the perfect example. We can look at the perfect example. Christ was perfect. He lived the perfect life. He went through the same trials, temptations that we went through, but yet he overcame because he had he was God. And now we have Christ and we have the Holy Spirit living within us. We can overcome through Christ and through God. So what do we do? 1 John 4, 7 through 12. And then we're going to move on to our second point. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved, but that God has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God if we love one another. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. In our world today, if we want to be different as Christ has called us to be different, then we need to love as Christ has called us to. Not as a human in our human nature, not a phileo, not a conditional love. We need to love in an agape, an unconditional way. Some, a way where it doesn't matter what ethnicity you're from. It doesn't matter what political views you have. It doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter if you... Uh, where you live. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. It doesn't matter if there's good, if there's evil. What matters is that Christ showed everyone love by dying on the cross for our sins. He is the greatest example. And now we are called to imitate that love. We are called to love in an agape way. Number two, walk in light. And these, these points will go, um, should go much quicker. Walk in light. Verse number eight. We can see this. Verse 8. For at one time you were in darkness, the old self, darkness. But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to, to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything, when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, and, Christ, and Paul is speaking to an unbeliever here, and, and this is a quote from um, Psalms. Awake, O sleeper, awake, and arise from the dead, 
You are dead in your trespasses and sins. Arise. Arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. Christ will be your light. We don't have to be our own light. Because if we are in Christ and Christ is in us, he will shine through us. So if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, if the Holy Spirit lives within you, you will desire to love as Christ loved. You will be a light. Listen, the reason why he starts with love in the very first verse is because this is encompassing of everything. If we love, then we will be joyful. If we love, we will be peaceful. If we love, we will be good to others. If we love, we will be gentle, just working through the fruits of the Spirit. We will love encompasses all. And that's why Christ's greatest attribute was his love to us. And that's why love is so important for us. If we love, we will be a light in this world. Because frankly, there are many people who don't love. And we can see that in our world very plainly. There is not, uh, not the love of Christ is not in this world. So, walk in light. The old People love darkness. John 3, 19 through 20 says this, The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Just think about that. People love darkness. You think about, and then we have several um, police officers and um, people in law enforcement in, in um, in here and maybe online. But you think about that. When do you encounter most um, evil things? It's not in the light. People aren't going to go, more than likely, people aren't going to go rob someone in the daylight. They're not going to go sin in the daylight. But in the nighttime, when they can keep it a secret, when it is not seen by everyone, that's when, that's when people sin. Man loves darkness because it hides what they know is wrong. God has, put our, God has given us a conscience. Even with, without you being a believer, you can know right from wrong. And eventually you'll supp- you can suppress the con- conscience so that it no longer tells you right from wrong. But when a child is young, a child knows when they've done wrong. Okay? If, you, if you correct a child, they know. They know that they've done wrong and they'll cower or they'll, um, they'll give telltale signs or something. They know because of God, God giving us a conscience. We know when we're wrong. That's why we love the darkness. Man loves the darkness because it hides. Verse 20, John chapter 3, verse 20. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. If we are believers today, there is no reason to hide in the dark, because Christ is our light. Christ exposes us. We are we have no reason to hide sin. We have no reason to hide in the darkness because Christ has forgiven our sin. We don't have to pay for it any longer. Ephesians 5, 8, For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Our verse is here. But now we are the light in the Lord. We are to walk in light. How do we do that? Ephesians 5, 9 through 14. The new. Ephesians 5, um, 9 through 14 in our text today. Um, excuse me. We are to be exposed. We are to expose the darkness. Verse 10, we should discern. 
Discernment comes by seeing. If we are in darkness, we can't see. We can't see ahead of us. We can't tell right from wrong. If we are in the light, we are able to discern. If we are in wisdom, if we are in God's wisdom, we are able to discern. You keep reading, walk as children of the light. Don't walk as children in the works of darkness, but expose them. Be the light, be the love. If you are love, you will be the light. You will be different. The greatest light. Who is the greatest light? Who can we look to to um, see this and imitate Christ? We can look at Christ. He is the greatest light. He is our greatest example. John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 1 John 1, 5 and 7. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we still walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walked in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. One of the main um, struggles that the church of Ephesus went through was loving one another. And we can see that in Revelation chapter 2, the first church, the church without true love, the, the church that had lost its first love. It had lost its love for one another. Paul is writing this church, reminding them, you need to love as Christ loved you. You need to love one another and you need to act, you need to be a light in the world. And and First John says, if you walk in light, but you but you don't do what is in the light, you are in darkness, and the truth is not in you. But if we walk in light, as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another. We will love each other just like Christ loves us. John 1.5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's um, such an encouraging thought to have. We have a lot of darkness in our world today. The darkness is coming to light. God is exposing the darkness. We can see it all over our news. We can see it in, in our own towns, in Gilroy and San Jose, and we can see this. The darkness is being exposed. It's, becoming, it's, being, it's coming into the light, and we can see it. And we are called to be a light and continue to expose that and to continue to imitate Christ, to continue to be the body of believers in unity as one and Listen, if we are in the light, we are called to be different. We are called to be different than those who are not in the light, who are being exposed from the darkness. The darkness is being exposed. So, how do we be in the light? What do we do? Matthew five fourteen through 16, and Jesus is talking in the Sermon of the Mount. He's just, um, just beginning. You are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. We are called to be a light in the world, not for our own sake, not so that we can be different and be and experience um, trials and suffering, but for God's sake. We are called to be the light. And we are called to show the love because it brings glory to the Father who is in heaven. Finally, number three, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. 
Verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Walk in wisdom. If we are loving, if we are in the light, walk in wisdom. Don't be foolish. We have a whole book written to us by the wisest man who ever lived in Solomon, in Proverbs. Proverbs is all about the difference and the contrast between um, wisdom and foolishness and the fool and the wise. And we can read through that and we can know what does God see as, wi- as being wise? What does God see as being foolish? We can see as we work through this text, we need to know what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Well, that's what we're talking about today. The will of the Lord is for us to imitate Christ. The will of the Lord is for us to imitate Christ. And by imitating Christ, we will bring glory to his name. We will bring praise to his name. Just like a child, just like possibly your children, when they imitate you, it brings, it brings a joy to your heart when, they, when you see that. And we are called to bring joy to God's heart. We are called to bring praise and glory to God. Do what the will of the Lord is as uh, walk in wisdom. Be filled with the Spirit. If you fill yourself with, um, with toxins, you fill yourself with other things, you give your mind and you give your body to something that is impure, something that is earthly, something that is um, not the Spirit, what will happen? Your flesh. Your flesh will come out. Your flesh is still evil. We have not been gifted the, the glorified, glorified bodies yet. We will be gifted them one day, and I look forward to that. But for now, my flesh is still sinful, and so are all of ours. Our flesh is sinful. Don't give yourself over to your flesh. Give yourself to the Holy Spirit. Fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Read his word daily. Pray to him daily. Spend time with him. Talk to others about him. Listen, you have friends If you have a good friend or you have a significant other or whatever, you're going to want to boast about them. We want to act in a way as Christ would want to boast about us. If we are living in a way that Christ could boast for us, we are bringing glory to his name. And then um, verse 19, addressing one another in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. And I just thank the worship team, as I already did. They bring, they bring great songs and praise, and it's um, such a glorifying time to Christ. And give thanks always for everything in, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I think about, um, in just closing, I think about 1 Thessalonians verse 5, um, 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Um, rejoice always. Oh, sorry. Rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You ask, what is God's will for us? To rejoice in him, to imitate him, to bring glory to his name. Wisdom, and this is um, wisdom, the ability to 
discern inner qualities and relationships. That's from Webster's Dictionary. The ability to discern inner qualities and relationships. It's inner. It comes from within. Your wisdom is not your wisdom is not fleshly. Your wisdom, your flesh will choose wrong every single time. Man loves darkness. God is light. Jesus is light. We need to choose Christ, and Christ will live within us. We are called to rejoice always and rejoice in every circumstances. What we're going through today, you know what we're supposed to do? Rejoice. Be thankful because Christ is bringing, listen, Christ is bringing the darkness to the light, and he's bringing the light, and he's shining it even lighter, right? These churches, churches that are having church right now, us as a body of believers, we are the light, There are many churches around us who aren't able or aren't having church, who aren't going in the community, who can't, who aren't sharing the gospel. We need to be that light. If other churches and other Christians are not going to be that light, then we need to shine even brighter. And then verse 21, this is what every Christian should do. Contain, they they should contain, they should have the spirit of a submissive person. Okay? We should be submissive. Be submissive to Others, listen, if we love, if we walk in light, there's no reason for us to stand against someone unless, it's, unless it goes against God's word. We are submissive to Christ. And because we are submissive to Christ, because we love, this is our calling today. And this is what I want to um, encourage you with this, this new year, this new resolution that we have in, to be a light, to walk in love, to walk in light, be to walk in wisdom, to walk in a love that is forever, to walk in a love that is non-conditional. It isn't conditional. He will love us no matter what, and we are called to love no matter what. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, we're so thankful to be able to come and worship in your house this morning. We're so thankful for giving us, um, you giving us your word this morning for teaching us to imitate you, to live and to walk in love every single day of our lives, to be that light in this dark world that so much sin is because coming to light, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just, you would shine your light even brighter through us. And Lord, that you would allow us to walk in wisdom, walk in wisdom and to live in love. Lord, I pray that we would go from today and meditate on your word always, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing. Lord, that we would just meditate on you, that we would go and that we would live for you, live our lives in this new year. And I just pray all these things in your name. Amen.